0: Welcome to the Sprint to Profit Podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then
1: you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit Podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac from Real Coaching here again. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with Anita Marr from Trademark Angel about how you can protect your business and its intellectual property from bad sellers on Amazon who try to hijack your listing and use your text or images. Anita is the founder of Trademark Angel where they've trademarked over 5,000 businesses in the last 18 years. And in the sea of competition, Anita and her company have become the go-to resources for business of all sizes, including Amazon and e-commerce sellers.
0: That's right. So Anita is going to be talking to us today about how to make sure that we actually protect our brand assets and also enforce those protections when we need to as well, which is kind of a bit of a secret weapon on Amazon, which is which is awesome for us as sellers, but not so awesome for us if we're not trademarked, right, or protecting our own assets. But before we get into all that detail, Anita, what we want to do is we just like to understand a little bit about you, your background story how did you even get into this game and also then how did you even then start to work a lot more with Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers?
2: Yeah yeah hello everyone yeah it's a pleasure um, to speak today uh, to you and to your audience. Well I've been in the trademark field since 99 and I got in the field by accident. I just saw an ad uh, in a newspaper that they were looking for trademark paralegal I didn't quite know what trademark was and what paralegal meant, but I thought I would apply. So it was an accident. Uh, And then I kind of liked it. Uh, In 2004, I moved to Canada. I lived in Israel before, and I moved to Canada and I became a registered trademark agent. I worked for like a very large uh, law firm, multinational law firm. uh, And I became a trademark agent. And then when I had my kids, um, I wanted to leave and, uh, you know, work um, like a smaller firm where I can work from home. So I did that for a few years. And then I thought that I should probably work for myself. So for the last four and a half years, uh, I've been running Trademark Angel. uh, And I started working with Amazon sellers again by accident. It just when I started operating as Trademark Angel, Amazon introduced the brand registry number two. And we got a lot of requests from Amazon sellers. Uh, so I started reading about that. And that's how we just happen to work with Amazon sellers mostly. Of course, not of, not all our clients sell on Amazon, but I would say 80% perhaps. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So right now it's probably, um, yeah, most of our clients sell on Amazon or on other platforms as well, not just Amazon, but they're like e-commerce sellers. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's great.
1: Yeah, that's good to know because, you know, I'm, I think that kind of goes into what I, w- I really want to know about is, you know how do we actually do this on Amazon? I mean, obviously, Kirstie and I, we've gone through the trademark process, we know how to protect our businesses and stuff. But it's not a very common topic to talk about, because it's something that only people who are interested in making this like a long term business are thinking to do anyway. And if you're not thinking about making a long term business, you're probably shooting yourself in the foot, because you're going to get a product up, and then you're gonna have issues from day one, as soon as it starts selling well. So can you kind of cover the topics of you know what are the core ways that Trademark Angel kind of works with Amazon sellers specifically? Because a lot of people really don't think to protect their Amazon businesses. They don't know more than just selling the products as the goal out there.
2: Yeah, so we help clients to register trademarks and to register copyright uh, in many countries, including obviously the U.S. and Canada, but also in Europe. In China, we file a lot in Australia and Mexico and some other countries as well. Uh, so basically, those are our specialties. Uh, we don't really do any like uh, litigation work or uh, we don't do any like direct work to help remove hijackers, but we do have um, good contacts who can help with that. But our specialty is trademark and copyright registration. Uh, and of course, I mean, the, the benefit is that you get in the brand registry, but our main goal is to register the trademark and register copyright and of course, uh, our clients can get in the brand registry like with a registered trademark.
1: Yeah. And I assume that you're going to give them a good idea of whether or not they can expect to have that trademark approved or not before they submit that, right?
2: Oh, yes. yes. So we do offer like a free trademark search before they even commit. And that search will give them a good idea whether the trademark is registrable. And then when they sign up, uh, when they buy a package, we do like a comprehensive search. search. It's much more detailed. And we try to do it as close as possible to the filing, you know, to make that gap small, the gap between the search and the filing, because I call it the danger gap, because this is when a competitor may file for a similar trademark. Yeah, so we do that comprehensive search as well. And if the trademark is unregisterable, then we, we can offer full refund or we work with clients how we can make it registrable, because our goal is to register the trademark, not just to file it
1: yeah exactly because <laughs> there's no point yeah. in just filing it it's not having it well,
2: right? yes, yes, yeah. but then your the clients wouldn't be happy and if when it's refused or when there is an objection they will be pretty upset.
1: Yeah, and yeah. so you mentioned uh, actually filing in China. so is this something that sellers are doing to protect their brands over in China from you know manufacturing and selling in Chinese markets?
2: Yes, well, we do file in China a lot because uh, it's been it's it is a problem right now. It's quite common, well, not quite common, but it may happen that Chinese manufacturers, file for our client's trademark themselves, and then try to sell it back to our clients, like at a you know, high price or blackmail. Or if the trademark is registered, they can uh, register it with a customs agency, and our client uh, may be prevented from exporting their goods from China under their own trademark. Because China is the first to file country. So it's basically you file your trademark first, and you get full rights. Uh, so they don't have common law rights so even True. if you yeah even if you use the trademark first there uh, or you, you manufactured some goods uh, you basically can't prevent somebody else from registering the trademark if they filed first so that's why we we do recommend to file a trademark in china to all our clients who source their products in china because it's very very it can be a very difficult situation if uh, a trademark is registered by a competitor or by the manufacturer uh and then they cannot export their own products from china
0: yeah and would you recommend doing that at the same time as when so say it's a new seller and they're coming Mm -hmm. in and they're like i'm registering my trademark would you suggest that they do that all at the same time and is there is there an added cost for that or how does it how would you generally work yes
2: yes well we we do recommend filing it at the the same time your budget allows but yes it is an added cost Uh, So if budget allows uh, to file a single trademark, then we recommend to file in the country where the seller sells. So if it's Amazon.com, then it's the US. If it's Amazon.ca, it's um, Canada and like, et cetera. So if it's in Australia, then we recommend to file in Australia. And then as a second trademark, if they source their products in China, yes, we do mention that they should consider filing in China. If budget allows, of course. Like as soon as you kind of do it. Yeah. Okay. That's yes. Great. Yes. Because many sellers don't realize that it may be a big problem. And we actually didn't realize like that it may be a huge problem because uh, three of our clients, like last year, they had this problem when their own manufacturer filed for their own trademark. Uh, and then in two instances, uh, they recorded the trademark with the customs agency. So our clients were prevented from like exporting their own products. And mm-hmm. they they basically had to, you know, like one client had to had to switch to India and the other client, uh, I don't know what he did, but we pretty much didn't hear from him after that.
0: Yeah. OK, I understand. And obviously, you know, we I think most of us understand I need a trademark for my brand name right mm-hmm. so whatever i'm going to call it and I, w- I was going to compliment you on your own brand name which is trademark angel because it actually tells the customer <laughs> what you do right because yeah. it's interesting we get a lot of our clients and they've gone to a trademark lawyer or whatever and they come back and go i really want to trademark this brand name and it might there might be some issues with it because there's as you just talked about there could be other brands similar mm-hmm. trademarks whatever but really the essence for us is to make sure that it means something to the customer, right? But usually yeah. what happens is people come back and go, I'll just call it X, Y, Z. No one cares what your brand is. So I love the fact that your brand name is actually Trademark Angel because you actually understand the fact that, you know it does make sense for a customer <laughs> to yes. understand what the brand is all about, right? Well,
2: um, yeah, yeah. It's always like a battle between the marketing and the legal perspective. From the marketing perspective, you want your trademark to be descriptive. So yeah. you want your clients to know immediately what you sell. So if you sell vitamins and they help to lose weight or like they're like keto friendly, so you want to call them keto vitamins or like keto friendly vitamins. But it's not registrable because a descriptive trademark, which is good for marketing, it's actually bad for trademark registration because it doesn't have a unique component. Mm-hmm. Many people don't really realize this, uh, and that's why when I uh, created my own uh, trademark name, uh, well, obviously I knew this. So the the unique component is Angel. Uh, well, trademark is descriptive, so it, it speaks about the industry. And Angel is well; it's obviously we're not real angels, so that's the unique component.
1: Maybe yeah. someday after after life. Is over. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, actually, actually, not everyone likes it. We had a client who was quite upset, and he said, "Okay, you shouldn't you shouldn't call yourself Angel because you're not a real angel." <laughs> so I didn't know what to say to that and oh, he was quite upset that it's we, a bit we...
0: it, yeah it's a bit like you know a packaging where you have a, this is a famous case where there was a cracker brand you know like for cheese and crackers mm-hmm. and they had the cracker on the packaging and they had a, like a shrimp on mm-hmm. the cracker and then yeah. people were complaining because the shrimp didn't come with the uh
2: yeah the right, right. Right. right well you can you can't please everyone
0: Yeah, Yeah. serving suggestion only, trademark angel. Yeah. I was telling them, like, Charlie's
1: angels weren't angels either, but they still got away with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. But that's great. So, obviously, we understand about the brand name. But what other things should we be thinking about, you know, especially as we start to build our businesses bigger? How how else should we be thinking about protecting our brands from
2: competition? Well, the first step is, obviously, to file your trademark. And then, so, for Amazon sellers, I think what many sellers don't really – realize or kind of forget to do this, maybe try to save, they don't really mark their own their own products or their own packaging with the trademark name. So what happens is they sell generic products and they only put the trademark like in the listing name or in the listing description. And then uh, this is when it becomes really easy to like hijack the listing or for a competitor to sell a very, very similar product because it can be easy, you know, to find. And when sellers Save money on the on you know on branding their own packaging or branding their own products. This is when like a problem may arise later. So I'm not sure why they don't do this, but a lot of our clients don't do this, or they say, okay, I'll do this later. I'll just I, I want to see how it goes, so I'll do this later, uh, and they try to save money on that. Uh, and obviously, I mean, for me, I think having a good website or having like like a separate website is a good way to protect your uh, trademark as well. Mm-hmm. And to, to like establish like online presence. Yeah. Uh and, and having like presence on social media as well. So, so yeah, I would do all of these. Uh, but yeah, like not marking your products or packaging is like I think the biggest problem. Well, other than you know, trademarking the, the, the product name.
0: Yeah. And do you what do you, what's your opinion on um trademarking images and things like that? Because that's kind of a big piece of real estate, marketing, obviously ownership. And we know that Mm -hmm. we've had it before where there might be some great main images that people are using and a competitor could copy that on Amazon. Is that something that sellers are able to trademark as well
2: or be able to copyright those images? Copyright, yeah. So you can uh, trademark the logo. So the logo that like represents your brand. So you can have like a word mark, like just a word or you can have a logo. So those are trademarks. Uh, But then the images, let's say you have a very good like photograph or you hired a photographer. So you have like a bunch of really cool photographs. So, yeah, sometimes they are stolen. So this is when uh, we can register copyright. And it's much easier to have Amazon to take action for like copyright infringement. Uh, And it takes, you know, it takes about four months to register copyright. So it's a pretty straightforward process. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, we recommend to do that, too, like when the photographs are really unique. Uh, or when the client is worried that somebody may steal them because it, it does happen a lot,
0: actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially if, now. Yeah, one of the one of the key strategies that we know that works for Amazon sellers is to stand out, right? And so we want that mm-hmm. main image to really stand out versus everyone else. So I think once people have got something going and it, and it really does stand out, I think it's worth um, thinking about that because if someone else copies it, then you've kind of lost your competitive advantage there as
2: well. Yes, yes, Amazon is becoming really, you know, Kind of difficult to succeed on. So yes, you do have to use like all the tools that Amazon gives you. Uh, yeah. So registering your trademark, registering your copyright. Uh, I mean, if there is something to register, obviously, I mean, it's very important to do because then Amazon will help you. Amazon will be on your side if uh, there is a hijacker or if there is infringement. Because if you don't do that, you can't really ask Amazon to help you later. So the pro- the problem is you have to start thinking in advance. So when the problem happens, it's it's too late. So if you haven't trademarked your brand, if you haven't uh, like copyrighted the photographs uh, and there is a problem, it's usually too late to do something because uh, it takes time to register. Yeah. So you have to be proactive, you have to think in advance. I mean, that's the biggest problem. Many of our clients don't really think in advance and they come to us, okay, I have a hijacker, what do I do? I need to register my trademark like now. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it takes time so until the trademark is registered, like there is no easy legal way to remove hijackers. So that's why we, we, we highly recommend like not to procrastinate and, you know, uh, register your intellectual property, like as soon as you can and plan in advance, basically. Kind
1: of like business insurance. You hope you never need it, but if you do, then you want to have it. Well, I compare
2: trademark registration to like house insurance. Yeah. If you have, if you register your trademark, nothing ever happened. I mean, are you going to be upset that like your house didn't burn down? Yeah. No, but if you if it did burn down and you had insurance, uh, then it would be really useful. But if yeah. your house burned down, it's too late to get insurance. So exactly. it's the same with the trademark. So you plan yeah, exactly. in advance and you like allocate a budget, uh, and then you just hope that you won't need it. I mean, we never had complaints that, okay, my trademark is registered successfully, but I never had a hijacker. I mean, my trademark like wasn't infringed. I mean, give me my money back. It doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So what would you tell someone who's coming to you guys for, you know, at the at the first part of their business or, you know, when they first want to get registered, do they kind of need to do a little bit of work to see if their trademarks are even available or do you think like just kind of use a little bit of common sense when it comes to the name? Like you said, there's, if it's like three descriptive words and no unique words, it's probably not going to be, you know, register or register, register.
2: Is that a word? Registerable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so would they have to kind of, Think of something unique to put into their name, even if they have a descriptive word in there before they come kind of making sure that they have a, at least a decent idea?
2: Yeah. So we do recommend to come up with a few like names, a few alternative names, not just one. Uh, so we do recommend to come up with three names that they like uh, and use uh, a tool that's called a name check, a name and then chk.com. And you can, so that tool allows you to check if the domain name is available, if social media. Uh, handles are available and then if, if if an identical trademark exists so basically if uh name check shows that uh, the domain name is available we suggest to get the domain name like as soon as possible because it's cheap uh and if the domain uh usually when you check it we ha- we we notice that sometimes a few days later it may be bought by somebody i don't know if it's just a coincidence but maybe somebody is checking or fishing for that so get the domain name and then we can do a trademark search to see if it's if like any of those three names are registrable. So that's the order how we recommend to proceed. And for the actual uh, trademark selection, yes, we do recommend to uh, avoid descriptive trademarks. If it's just like a single word trademark, I mean, I know for some reason Amazon sellers like to have their trademark uh, like so that it's only one word, like a single word. So if it's a single word, it shouldn't be descriptive. I mean, it should be uh, like created word, or it should be like a suggestive word, but um, not uh, descriptive. Yeah, you're not going to get
1: trademark.com and trademark, right? You're going to get, you know, Google, for example, which means nothing to anybody until you actually make it worth something.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you should uh, include, you should exclude like words that uh, praise the quality, like, for example, like trademarks like Supreme or like gold medal, they wouldn't be registrable. Um, So if I just put
1: like best accessories? I couldn't that would be registrable.
2: <laughs> it's it's it's, uh, it's actually not even uh, descriptive. It's generic because you just say, okay, my accessories are the best. So you name the yep. product accessories. You just say that they're the best. So it's just, it's generic. It's not even no one can register, but anyone can use it. So that's another problem. Actually, the problem with descriptive trademarks, no one can register them, uh, but anyone can use them. So then the problem happens, like when you when you call your trademark best accessories. Yes, it's a cool name, but when you search in Google, let's say for best accessories, what do you find? I mean, of course, if you sell not just on Amazon, but on your own website, I mean, you, you find like a lot of irrelevant um, websites uh, that are your competitors. So your customer may actually like forget like who he was looking for and go somewhere else. And actually he may be misled into believing that it's actually you that he found. Yeah. So that's like a big problem that people don't realize. Um, and if, uh, so that was like a single word. So if it's two words, then one of the words can be descriptive, uh, like trademark is descriptive. So the second word uh, should be unique or at least suggestive, but it shouldn't be descriptive uh, as well. So if it's descriptive, if two words are descriptive, it's not registrable. Uh, so it's a problematic trademark really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like and the of idea. Of course, the more words you have, the better it is. But no one likes trademarks that are like longer than two It's hard to words. do
0: logos like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I like the idea of having a descriptor and then like a. It's almost like a benefit word, like you were saying, an angel. I mean, it, it's very obvious what it means, unless you really take it literally. Um, but exactly.
2: So it's it's suggestive. Yeah, it's suggestive yeah. that we're like yeah, we'll kind of do good things, right? But yeah. we're not like literally describing ourselves. Yeah. if we called if the company was called trademark experts it wouldn't be registrable because i mean it just describes who we are yeah uh, and it's there is nothing unique about the name yeah, yeah.
0: no I like i like the i think a lot of people will understand that as a way to at least get some names down that could be registrable which is great so that's great we've all got you know our brands registered and all that good stuff well how do we actually enforce it because trying to enforce that stuff sometimes can be Costly. It can be, you know, a lot, a length of time. And then, so people just kind of go, oh, I just haven't got the money, I haven't got the time. But, uh, you know, what's the key things that people should be doing to and spend their time on in terms of the problems that might
2: pop up? Yeah, so, well, obviously, I mean, if the trademark is, so if the trademark is not registered, so if it's not even filed, it's, it's difficult to enforce because when, let's say, if there is a, a competitor or if there is somebody who's using your trademark, you pretty much have to prove your rights uh, so it's your word against theirs. It's, it may be very difficult to do. Uh, so if your trademark is registered, so your rights already presumed because your trademark is registered. So the trademarks office checked your trademark and they gave you trademark registration. So usually, if uh, the trademark is registered and there is, a, let's say, there is a trademark infringement or you found a very similar trademark, uh, obviously the first thing is to send a cease and desist letter. I mean that's, I mean how it begins and that's how it should be done. So a cease and desist letter is sent uh to the other party and you pretty much uh in that letter you can say that okay I'm the owner of this trademark or a lawyer can do this or like a, an owner can do this so I'm the owner of this registered trademark and here's the record and the trademark is registered for this and this and I noticed that you are using a very similar trademark uh so please stop doing this basically uh and if you don't do if you don't stop then I can you know I can sue you so unfortunately, when you send a cease and desist letter, uh, hopefully it works. Uh, if it doesn't work, uh, it's good to have a lawyer involved so that like a phone call can be made, like a, like a reminder can be sent. And the intent is that the other party gets scared and rebrands or you know closes the shop or says, OK, I'm sorry, I won't do this again. But if it doesn't happen, then the only solution you have is to pretty much sue them. And that this is when it becomes expensive. The problem with cease and desist letters is that that you actually have to act on it. So if nothing happens, let's say you sent a cease and desist letter, uh, the other party didn't stop and you didn't take any action. So if the other party starts selling more products under your trademark and a lot of time passes, and then later, let's say five, seven years, you decided, okay, enough is enough and you sue them, the court may say that you waited for too long because you sent the cease and desist letter like seven years ago, but you waited for too long, so you accepted the use. So this is what many people don't realize when you send a cease and desist letter. It's not just an empty, you know, thread. Uh, you should be able to take action, and it can be really, really expensive. Uh, but unfortunately, well, that's the only way to proceed. Uh, you can also, like, uh, sometimes you can also send, like, a letter yourself, not, without, not with a lawyer, but yourself, like a friendly letter that, okay, I found that, this is your trademark and this is our registered trademark and you can, you, can re- you can resolve it amicably. And sometimes it works. I mean, very rarely we have a situation when like the other part doesn't respond at all and doesn't comply and just disappears very, very rarely. So usually it does help. And that's the whole reason like behind trademark registration. So mm-hmm. it's enough that you show that you have trademark registration, You touch proof, you say that you've been using the trademark for like a longer time than the competitor and you hope that it will work. And, and yeah. like if we're talking about Amazon, if if it doesn't work, you can obviously so if we if we talk about Amazon, uh, if you have your trademark registered, you can use like Amazon's tool to remove uh, the violator. If it's like outside of Amazon, then yes, the system desist is the good yeah. way to proceed, like either informally or formally.
0: Yeah, I think usually as well, what we tend to see obviously the people that we work with are mainly selling on Amazon, and that's where the big issue starts to kind of it starts to infringe on our sales like directly. Whereas, yeah, you know, somebody might be using a trademark outside of us, but if they're if they not seen side by side, you know, literally, mm-hmm. then it doesn't have a direct impact, but you still want to be able to follow up with that to protect your brand. Right. So I think the most immediate thing, especially, you know, you've got your trademark, get brand registered, sign up for project zero and you're able to, you know, get, get the people off your listing which is one of the key problems that we that we found in the past asap so yeah definitely i also
2: um i also recommend to set up google alerts uh, so that google alerts every time that somebody mentions your trademark like online so it can be a very helpful tool because how do you find that somebody's infringing on your trademark like Uh, like imagine you registered your trademark and then like then what I mean how do you know that somebody else is using your trademark until that use has become like so important and so substantial that you like like your client told you Uh, so you don't really know this so you should you should set up Google Alerts and I also recommend to just just once a month just browse internet uh, you know type your trademark in and see what happens see what see what you find Mm -hmm. yeah that's great idea yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I do this like every month. I say, okay, like well, well, let's see what happens when I type when I type trademark angel. Like, what do I find? Like, because what if there is like uh like a competitor or like a, like a similar agency like operating like in a country where we uh, register trademarks? I may not even know about that because if they didn't try to register their own trademark in that country, so let's say Australia. So we do have a trademark in Australia, but let's say somebody opened um like an agency in Australia and they didn't try to register that trademark. Like, no one will tell us. How do we know? Yeah. We won't know until it becomes a problem later. So that's why, I mean, it's not like, even when you have trademark registration, it's just a piece of paper, really. There is nothing else behind this, uh, can, like, unless you take action. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, so you should actually proactively check uh, internet uh, and, and social media as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I
1: think it's pretty important to understand that, you know, if somebody's not selling internationally, selling online, they might have like their own physical shop locations, something like that in a local, you know, local area uh, that could be infringing on your um, trademark, whether or not you know it, or it has any impact on you or not. But the one thing I would say is you have to point out that it's only the trademarks are only good for this specific category that you file into as well. So like if some like I, I have a I have a couple of trademarks, but if somebody opened a you know a, a restaurant, which I uh-huh. don't sell anything in restaurant and they named it happen to be the same thing as my trademark, I would have to actually then have filed the trademark under a restaurant category in order to stop them from using that. Is that pretty much correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, so your trademark doesn't give you monopoly for everything, but only for the goods or services that you registered the trademark for. And that's also what some, some people don't really understand this and it's okay, but I want to, I want to own this world. I want it to be mine, but I mean, if you only sell donuts, uh, you can't register the trademark for everything. Actually, yeah. I don't think if anyone has a trademark for like every single product, I don't think, you know, such company exists because you literally have to sell everything so yes you're protected for your products so let me give an example so if you sell uh let's say you sell laptops and notebooks so you're protected for that but you're also protected for like uh you may be protected for other electronics so for related products that fall in that fall in that class class nine so it's not just for laptops so if somebody started selling like cell phones under this name or um uh, some other electronics, like even TVs. So you may have protection because it's 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 the same class of products. Uh, and if you, let's, another example, so if you sell t-shirts and somebody started selling, uh, I don't know, baseball caps, uh, you will be protected as well. Uh, even if somebody started selling bags because those are like related accessories. Yeah. So you may be protected for that as well. But if somebody started uh, selling, yes, muffins or uh, toys, it's completely different. Yeah. So there is no confusion, really, because those products are not found side by side in a store. So there should be no confusion there.
1: So if you wanted to set up a barbershop and call it Nintendo, it's it's almost likely that you probably could.
2: Well, this <laughs> is when uh, there is a, like another problem. It's called like famous trademarks. They do yeah. have, uh, for some reason, they do have like a broader protection. Yeah. And they, uh, well, tend to stop other people who sell even like different uh, products. And of course, it's easy to do when you have a deep pocket. Yeah, I mean, when when the name's so famous
1: that it's going to cause customer confusion, then that's when they can say that this is probably going to give us a bad reputation, if you don't uphold it to our standards, so they can stop you from that.
2: Yes, yeah. So if we're talking about like regular businesses, yes, you're only protected for those products that you sell. But if you talk about famous trademarks, it's usually best to stay away from Facebook name. Uh, even though I know, I, I read that they're going to change the name now. Yep. Uh, meta.
1: The yeah, meta, the meta team or the meta company. It's a,
2: bit, it's a bit weird for me. Uh, <laughs> like, why would they do that? Yeah. But yes, let's say if you want to sell toys and then the name Facebook, I don't know, you may have a problem. Yeah. Even though that nobody will think that uh, Facebook sells toys, but still, you may have a problem very quickly.
1: For sure. So let's talk about some of the maybe some of the more interesting things that you've had to face. So like, maybe you've had interesting battles that you've had to actually go up against when working with Amazon brands or e-commerce sellers in terms of helping them protect their brand? Is there anything that you can think of that comes to mind?
2: Well, um, yes, I already mentioned China. Uh, So yes, I I just want to say that again, that it's uh, it's really important to, when it comes to protecting the trademarks, think about like in what countries you need protection. Uh, So don't just stick to like one country. Uh, So it's important to think about uh, where you source your products. And protect uh, the trademark there. So, for example, if it's in China, then it's important to protect it there. Uh, yes, we did have like we do have a we didn't have a situation when like our client registered a trademark uh, and they got brand registered uh, with the trademark, and then somebody else registered the trademark. So, our client had a trademark in all capital letters. Hmm. And somebody else uh, registered a trademark, it was with the initial capital letter. And it was for a different product, but they managed to create like a listing for the same products that Appline had. And, and they managed to get in the brand registry. And I, I was very surprised when I learned that Amazon allows two identical trademarks being the brand registry and where, where the only difference is the case. So the lowercase wow. and the capital case, I mean, for them, it's two different words, because in, in like legal sense, when you file your trademark in all caps, you can use it like in any combination, lowercase, initial capital letter, like whatever way you like. But for Amazon, those are two different brands. Mm. So uh, yes, of course, like at the end, um, the other person had to change. I mean, they had to change the listing name, but it was very unpleasant because I mean, obviously it looks like it's a loophole when somebody can, so like, what, what do you recommend? I mean, you, they can not file... Like all variations, all caps, initial capital letter, like second, second capital, like how, how like where, where does it end? How many trademarks do you need to file? So, and it, to me, it seems like a loophole. Mm-hmm. So, when, when somebody can uh, kind of get in the brand registry and then create a very similar listing, uh, and that it's really difficult. And the, the problem is that it's very difficult to explain to Amazon because sometimes you don't get very professional people there. So, they don't really understand what the problem is. So it can take weeks uh, to get your point across, unfortunately.
0: It might be as well because they, in Amazon's eyes, if you like, it's been registered. It's a trademark. So why should, you know, from their perspective, they're like, well, it's not our job to kind of figure out if it's registered or not. If they're both registered. They just need the trademark registration number, right? That's probably yeah, because they
2: look very close. They look very narrowly like this, and also, I mean, now you can get in the brand registry after the trademark is filed, so you don't need to wait until registration. Uh, so it's very easy to do. And another thing I, uh, that's very interesting that I didn't know until recently uh, is that if you have actually it's a good recommendation. So let's say if you have um, trademarks in different countries, let's say U.S., U.K., Australia. Try to enroll only a single trademark in the brand registry, not all of them, because what also happens now is that a competitor may register a trademark in another country where Amazon, from like from where Amazon accepts uh, trademarks, let's say United Arab Emirates, and they can uh, pretty much hijack your listing uh, with that trademark, and because they were the last one to enroll, and then you should re-enroll re- your trademark back, but you should use new country. So you can re- re-enroll your trademark back uh, if you get in the brand registry, let's say with your UK trademark. So if you, you if you enrolled all your brands at the same time, pretty much uh, have no cards left. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it's gotcha. it's something that we learned It's basically like trial and error. Uh, basically whoever has the last um, country, um, they can get the, the whole listing back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. don't enroll all your brands, enroll only um, like your main uh, country. So let's say if you sell on amazon.com and roll the US and keep a UK one just in case something happens and somebody hijacks your listing, like by using another country trademark, and then you can re- re-enroll. Yeah. Because otherwise it becomes really difficult because you have to explain to Amazon it can take weeks or even months. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I never even yeah, thought to consider that.
2: Yes, it's uh, well, because Amazon doesn't have like a, okay, that's our book of rules. It's basically, we, we learn from like like when our clients complain or say, okay, this is what happened. Uh, and then we read like, you know, uh, in Facebook groups uh, and see what other users have done and how, like what happened. Or our clients t- to tell us, okay, we've done this or we work with them uh, and it works or it doesn't. Uh, unfortunately, that's the only way to learn, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well okay. you've given some awesome tips there I think some things that we probably never thought of as well. Have you got any other things that you like I really need to tell people about this thing when it comes to protecting your Amazon business or maybe you want to reinforce something that you that you mentioned earlier that people go yeah 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 but then they just never do it.
2: Yes, I would like to reinforce that as soon as you have come up uh, with a trademark name and you know okay that's the trademark that I like uh, so don't you know sit on it like take action. Do the research and file a trademark, either yourself or like with us or with somebody else. I mean, protect your trademark, because if you did all this groundwork, let's say you ordered the products, you took photographs, even if you created the listing, but you didn't file your trademark, then your competitor may do this. And then it will be very, very difficult and expensive to get the trademark back, uh, because you will have to file an opposition, and oppositions are very expensive, because the trademarks office will, by default, approve the first filed trademark. And then uh, if you don't like this, or if you use the trademark first, you have to file an opposition. So if you know that, okay, that's the trademark that I like, uh, I mean, file for this trademark. Uh, And of course, before you even file the trademark, get the domain name and then file the trademark. So, I mean, those two things should be done like pretty quickly
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, because
2: if it doesn't happen, then somebody else may do it for you. Especially, especially if you made your trademark public on social media. Uh, if you post it to somebody, let's say in your Facebook group, okay, this is the trademark I found, somebody may uh, like it and they may check the database, the Trademarks Office database, and if the trademark is not there, I mean, they may think that it's available to file, I mean, yeah, why not? So if you made your trademark public, I mean, actually, I recommend not to make it public, so if you plan to file it, file it first and then make it public. Because, I mean, I mean, competition is really intense and, you know, bad things may happen sometimes, not even intentionally.
0: That actually happened to someone that I know, funnily enough. And uh, she came up with a brand name, was going to go forward with uh, some, even the product. And somebody that we knew just went out there and did it first.
2: Yes, it happens (laughs) a lot. I mean, competition on Amazon is really fierce, like for the last, like, four and a half years. I just I just see how it becomes more and more difficult to succeed and people use really like bad tactics sometimes and they basically steal your ideas, they steal your photographs, they steal your products and they may not think that they steal, but it's that's this is what happened and they, they steal your trademarks as well. So it's important to like protect them I and don't trust anyone, you know uh, like protect your intellectual property assets. I mean, get the domain name, uh, get the social media handles like Facebook, Instagram, like YouTube, Twitter. Like, like whatever you use, uh, it's really important to do because it, and it's free, right? Uh, and then uh, file the trademark before somebody else does. Because it doesn't happen a lot, but it may happen. I mean, it may happen. Sometimes uh, like other people have the same idea or they see your trademark somewhere and they like it. Yeah. Uh, um, and like one last point I wanted to mention when you, let's say you, you hired um, an agency or freelancer to create uh, like a logo for you, or to create some image that you really like. You may think that it's yours, you own it, right? So the your freelancer or the agency created it, but actually uh, you don't own copyright. Uh, the creator owns copyright. So what may happen, they may resell it to somebody else. It also happened to one of our clients. Uh, they hired a freelancer who developed the logo, uh, and then they sold the logo to somebody else, and somebody else trademarked that logo. So. Uh, so when when you work with somebody with an agency or with a freelancer who does some creative work for you, make sure that they transfer copyright to you so that you become the owner and so that they cannot resell it or, you know, put it online for somebody else to use. So it's very important to uh, make sure that the copyright is assigned to you so that you will be the owner and not the creator of the. Um, and is copyright.
1: there a simple way to actually do that? Can you just request that through an email and then use that as proof or how would you do that?
2: Um it's pretty much uh I, the name of the freelancer or the designer, agreed to assign copyright in this image, and you put the image to the name of the, you know, the buyer, date okay. and signature. So it's a really, really simple document, but it actually uh it gives you some certainty that it belongs to you now and you know that they will not sell it to somebody else, and obviously the seller assigned this document so they will not do this. Yeah. Uh so it's it's a very simple thing to do in most agencies. I mean, if you work with an agency, it's already there. Uh, in the initial contract. But if you hire somebody privately, uh, it's important to do that. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's really good to know.
0: So what we'll do, we'll obviously add some uh, links to Trademark Angel below the podcast. But if, you know, what's the best way to contact you if someone sat here and going, yeah, I need to I need to get my stuff registered today. How do they contact you guys?
2: Yeah, they can just go on website trademarkangel.com and there is a contact us form or like a free trademark uh, search form. Uh, or uh, just send us an email at tm at mm-hmm. um or just call us 226-246-2979 so it's pretty easy awesome. to find us and we're very responsive as well and you mentioned about some packages maybe you can just run us through what those packages are
0: for maybe yes
2: so we do offer three packages and they contain different levels of uh you know service so the basic package is uh, called sales room uh And it starts from 395 US dollars. So we do the comprehensive search. We file your trademark and we update you of the progress. And obviously we help with the brand registry application. Then the all-in package, the middle one. So it's about um, 795. It starts from this price. So it depends on the country. And then we'll respond to most objections. And if the trademark is refused, we will refile for free. So you don't lose your money. The last package is bells and whistles. And I think the lowest price is 10.95 US uh, and goes up to I think 12, 12.25. So in this package we'll respond to like trademark refusals when your trademark is refused because uh, the trademarks office found a similar trademark or because your trademark is descriptive and we need to write an appeal. So those um, letters are included there. And obviously if the trademark is refused we will refile for free. Uh, and we can recommend the best package, um, obviously after we did the trademark search. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Sounds great. And I
1: think that obviously the more common the name is, the more likely they're gonna to have to have rejections and, and deal with uh, rejections and appeals and all that stuff, right?
2: Well, we try not to file unregisterable trademarks because if, if the trademark doesn't go through, we have to refile it. So like well, we yeah. don't want to do the same work twice. So yeah. we're in the same vote as our client. We want to do it once and we want to do it right. So if it's not registrable, we tell our clients, honestly, okay, you can either get refund, we can work with you to come up with another name where we help them, or you can just add another word to your trademark or you proceed as is, but at least you've been warned. And of course, like most of our clients will not file if the yeah. trademark is unregistrable. Why would you lose money? Yeah. Why exactly. would you, you spend time or a merchandise and then, you know, get the trademark refusal? Like, why would you do that?
1: It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great to hear because, you know, a lot of people are ver- very confused about when they should... Um, file trademarks, how they should do it and how much it even costs. And so it's good to get all that broken down because it's going to be a lot of people that are going to treat this like a business, especially if they follow this podcast regularly because that's how we talk about the Amazon business. So obviously, thanks for stopping by, giving us all your great insights and strategies on how to protect your brands and the businesses uh, from bad actors and through out there through trademarks and copyrights. So guys, if you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also, to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to feel your lifestyle, head to goteamreal.com to download our free training today. We'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for
2: now. Bye. Thank you.
0: Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on
1: Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.